there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that lives and dies by the gun. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, just living here, bro, with my gun. You never go to sleep without it under your pillow, Brandon. You're crazy. <laughs> That's how people die. You ever see that episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets a gun and he uses it like turn off light switches yes. and stuff? I think of that every time I think of guns at all. <laughs> I love it when he uses it to like answer the phone and, and like turn the TV off. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't thought about that episode in forever. It's a good one. Oh my gosh. Brandon, Brandon. We yes. got so much snow. It is like a blizzard outside. Oh, you're and so lucky. I very much expected not to have power when I woke up. Although I would, I would like wake up when the power went off because I, I sleep with a fan. You know, it's winter. You got to sleep with a fan. I need Hell that yeah. noise. And uh, every time we lose power in the middle of the night, the fan goes off, and I'm just like, oh, what was that?" You know. <laughs> yeah. So it might as well be an alarm. <laughs> like the lack of sound yeah. might as well be eh, eh, eh. every time. Yeah, it's the worst. So um, we got done watching a movie last night, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, we went. We're like, okay, it's time to go shovel the snow. We opened up my garage, and the snow was so heavy that it, like, broke an entire branch off of my tree. And it was just in the middle of my driveway, and I was like, mm, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Being an adult is dumb. Yeah. I had to go and move a tree branch. What is this? What, what, am what I is this, for? the 1600s? God, I'm so weak, Brandon. All I do is talk. I just do a podcast. Like, I, can't, I couldn't move it. <laughs> It was uh, it was lovely though. It wasn't like super cold out, so I kind of like uh, shoveling the snow when it's bright out. Yet it's dark out. You know, I don't know. It's mm. nothing like it. Yeah, it's cool. I miss that. Has it been super hot over there? I of assume course. it is. I can hear. I mean, yeah, I've got on. two fans on me right now, mm-hmm. and you're still hot, right? Yes. That's gonna lull you into sleep with all them fans on. I know. I was already falling asleep when we started this podcast, and now. I'm just over the course of this recording. I'm just going to be like, yeah, cool, and then, and then the zombies, <laughs> the zombies, Brandon. I wish. Oh, me too. I think you got got right disappointed now. a little bit last week, expecting some real zombie action. Mm. Got a little bit, yeah. a little taste. Well, spoilers, no zombies this episode neither. Brandon. Nope. <laughs> Zombieless. I go into every episode being like will probably have zombies and then most of the time i'm disappointed but sometimes you know it's all look right. you can't set your expectations too high brandon you can't have trifling bitches and zombies in every episode it can't happen i know and you can't have those two things together that's explosive Abs- uh, no nope no brandon okay i know we're like you know we're we're 34 and 35 here brandon because you're mid 30s yeah yeah my son has been watching the the diary of a wimpy kid movies the ones that like (laughs) one came out in like 2010 another came out in 11 and one came out in 12 and then one came out in 2017 with a whole different cast of characters in it yeah well it's the same characters just like a different cast and like i know we were way too old to enjoy those movies when they came out but I find them hilarious. <laughs> like, I guess that's the point of them, but I don't know. Maybe I'm embarrassing myself here, but goddamn, I think they're so funny. Uh, I saw the first two movies, and I kind of read the first couple of books. Damn, okay. You're a huge fan. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much like a super fan. So I could do a whole podcast on the Wimpy Kid books, basically. 
<laughs> I'm sure somebody has done that, right? That's got to be a thing. If it isn't, we're starting at the Wimpcast coming soon. Well, you're in luck, Brandon, because there's like side books now, too. There's one like from Rowley's perspective that what? I've read. Yeah. And by, by the way, okay, just not to embarrass myself, I didn't casually read them to myself, like, <laughs> you know, just I, reading them, read them in your study, like a cup of brandy, <laughs> like. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm snuggling up to a good book and it's Diary of a Wimpy Kid. No, no, I read them to my son. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think I think they're super funny and uh, I think they're good movies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like they're they're funny. They kind of like it. Kind of reminds me of Seinfeld a little bit because they okay. get into such <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Like, no, now you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> they get into such ridiculous situations that would like never happen, and it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of like Seinfeld. You know? I hear you. It just like takes it to the next level, kind of thing, and I think that's great. <laughs> it's like Seinfeld light, okay? Yes, <laughs> baby Seinfeld. Man, I'm gonna get like fucking Seinfeld shit for this. Babies. <laughs> I'm getting shit for this. Brandon, how was your week? What did you do? Tell me everything. Get me uh, out of here. I mean, I mean, you heard it all. It was hot, and then I went to sleep. Nice. I, I could I could go for some warmth right now, Brandon. I'm over in my office being all chilly-willy. It's, oh. oh, come on over, man. Just take, oh, okay. take a day-long trip here just to experience some heat. Yeah, I just got to book a plane to uh, Australia, go drop off at Texas, and then... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right. No, thank you, Brandon. I couldn't even get on a plane for my work. Like, I'm going to Australia. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you know what, though, Brandon? What I would do is get in a car if I could. But I'm not. Do- I can't do that. There's the ocean. But you know what wouldn't stop somebody from getting in a car around Australia? What's that? Uh, if there was a drag race involved, a drag race all the way across the Pacific. Yeah. See, our character, and this is why I segue in here. Our character Billy here, and from Showdown, or no, this is a show. I mean, it could be called Showdown. It's certainly not. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for later, but yes, an alternate title. Yeah. Um, we just got done watching season four, episode nine, King of the Road, Brandon from Tales from the Crypt. It's an easy segue. Look at that. Segue. It was beautiful. What you think of what do you think of King of the Road? I almost called it Showdown again. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna come up a lot. Uh, this was King of the Episodes. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. Uh, not not really. No. <laughs> Jeez. I, I liked I liked this episode well enough. It's a very simple story. You could summarize the story in like half a sentence. I could. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. This is the one with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he plays a character like he's he doesn't just like blend into the background scenery, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't like a star at this this point. He's like a star in this episode. Yeah, he does a great job in this episode. I quite liked it myself. Um, I'm like, oh, my God, we're on like a kick of really good episodes from Tales from the Crypt. And I was like, I was kind of like, like, it can't it can't happen. Like <laughs> in this award winning show. like. <laughs> This cultural media phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were we were in a, a down part there for a while, and I was like, you know, have we already seen the best of Tales from the Crypt? Yeah, and maybe we haven't. Yeah, I know, right? And then Meatloaf was like, "Oh fuck no, I'm gonna boost this shit up," and we were like, "Yes, Meatloaf, please more. <laughs> Show that butt." <laughs> once yeah. once you go Meatloaf's ass, you know, like you're getting into the highlights of Tales from the Crypt. 
We got our meatloaf. We got our Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. If we get an Edward Norton in here, we've got a Fight Club reunion. Oh my gosh. I hope we do get an Edward Norton episode. That'd be great. Yeah. I could, that would be. I could see it. He would do it. Well, do you want to just get into this episode, Brandon? We've been praising it a little bit already. Everybody wants to know, like, what's the hubba with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, it's been 10 minutes. Our episode starts up, and we see the Crypt Keeper has his hand up on his forehead. And he's leaning into a wall, and he yells, Stella! Stella! Also, he has, like, this plain white t-shirt on with just a bunch of rips in it. And he notices us, exclaiming, Oh! Hello, playgoers. I was just rehearsing with my little theater group. I just love the slime light. For tonight's dreary drama, I thought we'd try an experimental piece about a retired drag racer who's afraid of getting to the finish line a little sooner than he wants. I call this Nasty Nugget King of the Road. And we take a look at the picture for this episode, and it's pretty, uh, I think it's cool. Um, We have a woman in the foreground dressed up as like a sexy maid or something. And she looks... That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought, too. She looks scared as hell, and she's running away from two cars, one being a police officer, as well as this giant skull with an open mouth behind everything. And I was like, hmm, zombies, maybe? It's uh, a little more dynamic, this picture, than a lot of the covers are. A lot of the covers are just, like, very kind of just plain <laughs> scenes from the episode. And yeah. it's like, yeah, here's a thing that happens. But this one's like, oh, we've got this giant looming skull in the background and this girl running towards the camera and mm-hmm. these cars and it's action. So it's a good start. Yeah, I'm also going to say, Brandon, it's lying to us because like, while this may happen a little bit, she's not in a maid outfit and there is no giant skull. But it's it's the little things, you know, I, I, I'll take a little bit of uh, exaggeration. It's fine with me. Yeah, it's artistic. Yeah. Cryptkeeper in this episode, though, kind of weirded me out, dude. Like, <laughs> like spoilers for, like, the, you know, the book end part of it, but it has nothing to do with the story. What is he doing in this episode? They were just... Neither of these things do. They're both, like, acting. It's weird. It's like he's doing something at the end. He's doing a streetcar named Desire here at the beginning, and I don't know why, because I don't know. I've also never seen a streetcar named Desire. So if it's about a streetcar that races, then maybe it has something to do with it. I have no idea what you're fucking talking about, Brandon, where you're pulling a streetcar named Desire out. But maybe I'm just stupid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about that. Well, all right. See, this is why we have you on the show, Brandon, because you're just so worldly. You know, like you've lived. Yes, I know things that I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yes. The streetcar is a hot rod. Well, you know what? Enough of this, Brandon. Enough of this desire bullshit. We Art. fade into the episode. And it starts up with the rev of an engine. And we see a race is about to begin. And there's two racers that look at each other. And then Brad Pitt starts up a rocking tune on his radio. And we kind of watch this small crowd gather. And they're hooting and hollering because this is exciting. After another moment, the racers begin, and the two dudes peel out of there and make their way down the road. We see Brad Pitt kick his car into another gear, and he takes the lead. The other dude, he just kind of looks at him and then stares at the road, and his face starts to jiggle. (laughs) I forgot about this part. So something must be up. And then this effect happens, where the frame of the shot is just, like, altered in editing, and it's, like, ripped away, and it looks so bad, Brad (laughs) yeah it's not great it's so funny like the editing in this is just um, 
It's it's rough, but I love it. The other guy's tire just like apparently blew, and he flips off the road and crashes his car, and it just does a ton of rolls, and it looks really cool. Yeah, that part looks cool. Yeah, the like crashing from his perspective looks so bad though. I love it. It reminds me of like a terrible like commercial or something. It's awful. It reminds me of something I would do, <laughs> like in editing. If I were... Yeah, okay. if someone was like, hey, make it look like this guy's crashing, I'd be like, I gotcha. I'm glad you were like, it looks like something I would do on the road. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Brad cheers in celebration at this dude's very likely death and smooches a little toy skull that he placed in his car before the race began. With all that excitement over, we fade to a new day where we see somebody working on a car in a driveway. Another's car's horn honks, and some lady runs out of the front door of the house and tells her dad that she'll see him later. Dad, who's under the car, asks if she has a ride home, and the girl tells him, nah, but it's cool. Then she hops into her friend's car and rides away. But uh-oh, Brad Pitt is there in his yellow muscle car. He gets out and makes his way over to the dad working under his car. He calls out, hello down there. I was hoping you could help me out. That's my Brad Pitt voice. It sounds just like him. I know. Copycat Brad here. I'm trying to track down this old boy who's supposed to live around here. And the dad, whose name is Joe Garrett, by the way, asks, what's all the hubba? And Brad Pitt, whose character's name is Billy, Billy, says, well, now, I haven't actually met him yet. He's hard to track down. Anyway, damn, you got a sweet car. Is this yours? Joe tells him, nope, it's my daughter Carrie's car. Mine's out in the front. Billy here looks over and we see that the car out in front in question here is a police officer's car. Billy ignores that saying, man, interesting. you're putting some real muscle in this baby. I like that. Well, I should get going. I appreciate your time. Joe asks, but wait, you didn't tell me who you're looking for. Billy looks down at him saying, ah, well, he's a real smart guy, real fast guy. So they say, and then he chuckles. Joe's all, uh, okay, so what's his name? Billy tells him that his name is Iceman. And then fucking disappears. <laughs> Literally. My favorite part of the episode. I think I just said that already. But yeah, he, he's like Iceman. And then he's just literally gone. <laughs> I like to imagine that he's like Iceman and then literally turns around. He's like <laughs> yeah, running he's away. <laughs> Joe rolls out from under the car, but Billy is literally gone. Like, he just <laughs> he just dropped that nugget and teleported away. Yeah, it's like one second between he says Iceman and Joe, like, rolls out from under that car and looks around. He's <laughs> just nowhere to but be Billy's seen. Billy's gone. Joe looks up and down the street, and we see behind him Billy driving his way in his yellow car. Billy speeds up and swerves out of the way and then laughs, and then he flicks his tongue into his mirror. And you will see Brad Pitt flick his tongue probably like six times in this episode. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's a signature um, move. There is a lot of, like, Brad Pitt mouth action going on in this episode. Oh, God, yes. He is always chewing gum or smacking his lips or sticking his tongue out. Like, they must have his mouth mic'd up because there is a lot of mouth sounds in this episode. And mouth sounds are, like, a podcast no-no. <laughs> So Brad Pitt. <laughs> but it's a Tales from the Crypt, yes, apparently. I guess so. When when Brad Pitt's involved, yeah, you got that mouth going. Crypty was just like, oh, give me Brad Pitt's pretty mouth again. <laughs> Look, he does have a gorgeous mouth, okay? I'm not gonna I'm gonna give him that. It's not bad. 
we fade over to an old timey diner of sorts. And I thought for a minute we were in like, you know, the 50s or something because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, is this like a period piece or something? It's not. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, set in the 90s or whatever. There's gals in black dresses with pink frills on, which are the same like outfit that we saw on the cover. And they're walking up to cars to take some orders. Now, Carrie's here, who's the girl from before. She's the one that walked out of the house. It's uh, Joe's daughter. And she walks up to a car with Joe in it. When up rolls Billy with a cigarette in his mouth. He looks at Carrie, who tells her dad that she'll just be a minute. And Billy opens up his car and walks out and scooches over to Joe saying, Well, I'll be a snake on Sunday. Look who I ran into. It's the Iceman, Brandon. Oh, yeah. How you doing? And Joe here, he's all, um, you got some names and faces confused there, cowboy. The name's Joe. Joe Garrett. Joey Iceman. (laughs) Joey Iceman Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) Billy shakes his head saying that you don't have to be that modest with me. I mean, come on, Iceman. You're a legend. I've been hearing stories about you for as long as I can remember. Never lost a race. Eight years straight. King of the road. Too bad it had to end the way it did. Title drop. Hmm. This pisses Joe off, who gets angry at Billy, saying, I don't know who you are, but I don't like you. Billy kind of nods his head a little, saying, look, I don't mean anything by it. I'm sorry. And he goes to leave, but stops saying, but you know what would be so cool? If I could just get a chance to share some road with you. You know, like a straight quarter mile. Joe tells him, nah, you got the wrong guy. On Joe's police radio, we hear a call saying that there's a code three. So he answers it. He starts up his car and Billy waves him goodbye and he rolls out of there and Billy takes a look at his daughter, Carrie, at work. He walks over to her and she just stops and looks around, even though she has like trays of food that she needs to be delivering. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, when Brad Pitt walks up to you, even when you're at work, you, you just kind of stop and you're like, oh, my God, it's Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. Even in 1992 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Billy says hi and she says hi back and he nods over to where Joe was saying, yeah, he had to take off. Carrie tells him that that happens all the time, then smiles, saying, why don't you take it? Billy just stares at her in response, and she awkwardly looks away. Then Billy gets creepy, saying that she has her dad's eyes. Carrie smiles and lifts her eyebrows, and then we fade away. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't realize that that was uh, Joe's daughter at first, because you don't really get a great look at her when she runs out of the house and is like, see you later, Dad. Yeah. So while they're at that burger joint or whatever... He's like, hey, baby, I'll see you later. All right, baby. Come back, baby. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's got he's got some little side piece here. Oh. No, that's his daughter. Yeah. The only reason that so like I made an assumption here. This is one of those times where I didn't watch the movie, the uh, episode before I did my notes based on IMDb, because there's only about four characters in this episode. I just automatically assumed mm-hmm. it was Carrie Garrett. So I was like, I'm going to go with Carrie. If I'm wrong, I'll change it later. And I didn't have to change it this time. Nope. Now we're with Carrie and she's in Billy's car and Billy is driving like a fucking maniac. <laughs> Carrie just loves it though, because she's in the same car with Brad Pitt. Like that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And what is this actress's name? I don't know. I didn't look just offhand. Uh, Do you know it? I don't know it offhand. Of course you don't, because this is some nobody, and she's riding in a car with Brad Pitt. So she's telling this story for the rest of her life. We see Billy drive on the highway, just zipping by other people, and Carrie excitedly yells for him to slow down. He doesn't, though. He turns his wheel, and we see he's getting up to 80 miles per hour, Brandon. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. That is, like, faster than the speed of sound. That's crazy. (laughs) He's so fast. 
I go 80 miles per hour on the highway all the time. I, I'm basically Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> he shifts that shit into turbo and we watch them drive down the road. We fade a little and the music goes from exciting to sensual as Billy rolls up to Carrie's house. He puts his arm around her and the two start to smooch on the lips. Carrie asks, so, oh my God. see you tomorrow? Can you imagine smooching Brad Pitt? Oh my God. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you devil, you. I'm telling Becca. <laughs> Billy licks his lips, saying, Sure, I'll come. Then they smooch again, and Carrie gets out of his car. Billy stares after her for a bit and takes a little puff on his cigarette. She gets on inside her house, but not before Billy points at her. You know, like they're like, Hey, you, you. It's what she did in 1992. I don't know. Once inside, Billy's smile yeah. fades away, and he gets out of his car. He's got a little something, something in his hands an envelope addressed to Iceman. He opens up their mailbox and deposits what's inside. And it's a fucking tarantula, Brandon. Yeah. He just had that. He just has like an envelope with a tarantula in it. What is this? <laughs> Billy laughs at that and then he closes the mailbox. Where did he get that tarantula? I don't know. Did they stop at the pet store when they were on their way home? It's just in an envelope. I don't know what the fuck happened. Maybe it came in that envelope and it was just an accident. He didn't even know it was there. He just spent all night with a tarantula in an envelope and it's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess that's probably the best way to carry a tarantula. Better in than out, I always say. All right, Shrek. We cut to the next day and somebody is barefoot walking across some stones, which is something I would never do. I learned my lesson, Brandon. Do you remember that one time we went on like a nature trail and we were like, we don't need shoes. That was one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> I had completely blocked that experience from my brain, but you just reminded me. That was the worst. I don't even know where the hell we were. <laughs> we were at the Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes. Oh, my God. That nature trail was like fucking three miles long, and we got like halfway through it before your family got done looking at what they wanted to look at, and we're headed back to the car, and then we had to make the whole way back, and it was the worst. God. That's that was so stupid. What were we thinking? God, we were so dumb. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, this is Joe. Like, obviously, it's Joe. He's going to his mailbox because the first thing you do when you wake up is you check your mailbox. He opens that shit up and he puts his hand in it. But, oh, my God, there's a tarantula on top of his hand now. Yeah. He doesn't scream or make any sound at all. No, but he doesn't like it. So he knocks that tarantula to the ground and then fucking stomps on it with his bare feet and squishes it. Yep, and peanut butter just oozes out of it. Oh my god, it, it goos. <laughs> he takes another look inside and sees that envelope labeled Iceman. He opens that shit up. I've said that like three times, I'm sorry, it's like my catchphrase. And it's a newspaper article that reads, Iceman eludes police manslaughter charges. Oh no, what's this Iceman been up to? There's a picture included, too, of a car crash with a bunch of police officers that are looking at it, and they look bored out of their fucking minds. <laughs> Another article is behind that that's titled, Teenager Dies. Joe rips that crap up, and we cut over to Carrie at work, and she's delivering some free goodies to Billy. Billy here is hidden in shadows, and he reaches for the food, saying that he guesses he owes her one. Carrie says, yeah, you do. He comes into light now and looks totally normal, so I don't know what that choice was there. But uh, he agrees to see Carrie later that night. Then he turns that car on and he drives away. 
Now, Brandon, with these revelations of like a dead teenager and things, I had some expectations for this episode. I also thought it was going in a certain direction that it ended up not being. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it's too much Are You Afraid of the Dark or something from me, but I 1000%, especially, especially after Billy was like Iceman and then gone. I was like, oh, he's a ghost for sure. He's not. He's not a ghost. Spoilers, you guys. Not a ghost. I don't think he's a ghost. He he's uh he's a weirdo. Yeah, he is. You know what? I mean, I guess he only ever interacts with Joe and Carrie, so maybe he's still a ghost, but I don't think he is. No, I don't think he's a ghost, but they like set it up for him to be a ghost. Yeah. And then they're just like, nah. Maybe that was like on the drawing room floor. They're like, well, we could do ghost stuff with him. We want. Let's set it up so that we make sure that people 30 years from now doing a podcast question their sanity or whatever. What's a podcast? <laughs> we watch him drive down a road and he screeches by Joe in his cop car and turns around. He stops right next to Joe and looks at him through the little side window. And Joe slowly turns his head to look at Billy, who flicks his tongue at him and then peels uh, away. He's like a four-year-old. <laughs> he kind of is. He drives past and he's like, nah, <laughs> and drives away. I love that Joe is just like completely unbothered by this and he just like takes another sip of his coffee. Yeah, of course he is because that's lame as hell. Yeah. If somebody did that to me, I'd be like, all right, where's my phone? This is going on TikTok. But I'd be like, oh my God, these people. People, some people's kids, is what I would probably say to myself. With Billy, he keeps looking in his back mirror saying, We watch Billy fly through an intersection, and a police officer's lights fly on, and there's a chase that begins. This excites Billy. He's here for a chase, Brandon. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed that Joe fell for this. Um... You know, I mean, as a police officer, like he should, pro- he should do something about this reckless driving, Brandon. Unacceptable in my town, you know. I mean, the roads are completely empty anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. This town sucks. It turns out that Joe is the one chasing Billy, and he calls on his radio that he's in pursuit of a 1969 Chevy and reads off the license plate. With Billy, he makes a hard turn, and Joe follows. On the radio, we hear that the suspect is Billy. And he has a really long rap sheet, including assault with a deadly weapon and a manslaughter charge that didn't stick. He's the hottest street racer that there is. The officer on the radio asks Joe, hey, do you need some backup? But Joe tells him, no. This one's mine. And I said, uh, okay. (laughs) You should probably get some backup, buddy. Yeah, that would help. Joe puts the pedal to the metal and chases Billy some more. And we see Billy, who is unfazed by all of this, until a semi-truck blasts its horn and Billy and Joe swerve off the road just in time to not get hit. This doesn't slow Billy down, though. He turns around and just starts driving some more. And Joe here is all shook up and gets out of his car to stare after Billy instead of calling for help. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite waiter. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you listen to everything that we've got going on here. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. There is a ton of bonus content available now on Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash private island and become a patron to unlock some bonus episodes, bloopers, full-length episodes, and so much more. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Barron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can follow us on social media for new posts nearly every single day. I've been working pretty hard to create some more content for social media, TikTok in particular, as I'm hoping to hit a thousand followers this year. Once I can do that, I can live stream over there to help promote the show. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram and threads at Up All Night Podcast, on YouTube at Up All Night HA Podcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. If you want to chat with me as I play some games live, follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I go live every couple of nights starting around 9pm Eastern. Lately I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft with my wife, but I do switch it up every now and then. I play some Diablo 2, some Stardew Valley, Dead by Daylight, and more. Everything is Are You Afraid of the Dark, Goosebumps, and Tales from the Crypt themed, and hope you check it out and enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this themed dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. We fade to the next day, and we see Joel rolling into his driveway, but Billy's yellow Chevy is there. Instead of calling for backup, Joe races inside his house and meekly calls out for Carrie. I just love, like, I, I get, like, knowing more of the episode, I get why he doesn't call for help, I guess. But, like, he's the worst cop. <laughs> yeah. Like, a person that <laughs> has been, like, allegedly charged with manslaughter but got away with it is inside of his house where his daughter is. And he's like, I got this. Yeah, he's not good, but it's it's not surprising. Like, this whole cop thing was probably just a very hasty like all right what where would be the last place people are looking for this mm-hmm. ice man fella i'll go to cop school yeah <laughs> so joe stomps his way over to carrie's room where she is quickly putting her shirt on then he walks over to the kitchen where billy is shirtless and he says hi joe but joe just fucking punches him right in the face and brad pitt falls to the floor Carrie yells at her dad asking what he's doing and he goes to grab him but Joe pushes her away and tells her to stay away from this Billy fella. Carrie yells out no and goes to grab her dad. Joe here lifts Billy up and we see that his face is all sorts of bloody and Joe pushes him out of the room. Carrie again tries to stop her dad but Joe tells her Carrie you gotta stop seeing this Billy he's just using you. It's true. Joe throws Billy some more in the living room and then he turns around to push Carrie out telling her to go back to her room and Billy's here just, like, egging us on. He's like, yeah, you should probably do what she's saying. Joe's getting old. And Joe pushes Billy against a roll-top desk and handcuffs him. And I haven't seen a roll-top desk like that in quite a while. Yeah. My grandparents had one. I'm pretty sure I had one. And I loved to open it up and close it. Because <laughs> it was fun. Well, you gotta get yourself a new one. No. They took up way too much space. I can't have that. <laughs> it's very impractical. Oh, but think of the fun of rolling it down. Nah, my son will never know the joys of rolling a, a roll-top <laughs> desk up and down. It's not happening. Oh, that's sad. While getting handcuffed, Billy threatens Joe with being Iceman, since he's been dodging like a manslaughter charge for 27 years now. Mm-hmm. And Joe stops and looks at Billy, and Billy reminds him that he's a single parent, and if he gets 5 to 10 years, well, who's going to take care of old Carrie Bear, you know? Carrie is like 22 years old. I know! 
<laughs> I love Carrie that. Carrie will be just fine. <laughs> she can handle herself. She has a, a full-time job. What like... are you going to do about baby Carrie? <laughs> Who's going to bathe baby Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> she can handle herself for sure. Joe stares at him for a second, and Billy tells him not to look so down, since it's really tearing Billy up. He should have known Billy would be coming around sooner or later, and suggests that Joe's man's up about it. And think of Billy as his karma. Then he giggles. Now, Billy implies that if Joe and him were to race, all this could blow over again, even though they kind of already had a race, didn't they? But whatever. Not an official race, no. But that, that line about being... Like, his karma or whatever made me think again, like, this was yeah some kind of way for the universe to make him pay for his crime or whatever. Right, that's what I thought. But again, no. Yeah, I thought Billy was going to be a ghost for sure, like, trying to get his revenge on the man that killed him in a race or something, and it would have made sense. But nah, that's not what happens. It's, it's literally what, it, it it is right in your face, Billy... It, is king of the road and he wants to dethrone the old king of the road kind of thing that's all it is yeah billy's the best current racer but he'll always be number two because people will always be like yeah but you're not as good as the ice man yeah the ice man he killed so somebody he needs so to beat the ice man <laughs> yeah. i'm well i'm sure brad pitt has killed many a people like that last race we saw him do a man died oh like, for sure maybe it wasn't billy's fault but billy is leaving a pile of corpses behind him it's true even the police know about it yeah and they're just like shucks <laughs> oh you got his license plate Nah, i'm not i'm not gonna come and help you're fine <laughs> billy leaves the house and slams the door outside billy opens up his car and is about to hop inside but carrie she jumps over her window, telling him to wait. Like, thankfully, she's on ground level, so she doesn't have to, like, jump out of a two-story window or something. But she's just like, I'm here. She says she's coming, too, and Billy tells her to hop on in. Then the two roll out of there, and Joe runs outside, and he sighs. We snap over to Joe in his police car, rolling up to, like, an abandoned trailer park or something. He gets out of his car, and we see that he's not dressed up as a police officer anymore, so... His daughter was, like, essentially kidnapped, and he just was like, all right, mm -hmm. first things first, I got to change into my jeans. <laughs> got to get casual. Yep, it's casual Friday. I got to I gotta dress up. comfortable. <laughs> jeans are so uncomfortable, Brandon. Like, I hate jeans. I haven't worn them in a while, and I used to wear them exclusively. I fucking hate jeans. Like, if I... if it's weird. My day it becomes, like, astronomically worse if I have to wear jeans. <laughs> It means I have to leave the house and do something. We see Joe walk through the trailer park until he stops at a particular trailer that has no walls. Okay. <laughs> it's it's shit. He looks inside and we see Billy yeah. watching some television because this trailer st somehow has electricity, even though it has no walls. Joe calls out. How you doing, Billy? Um, and hold on. I'm going to I'm going to back up here, Brandon. How does Joe know where Billy lives? It's all part of the police dossier. They have his okay. license plate. They have his address. They have his name. They have this list of all of his crimes and a warrant for his arrest. But they just they just don't wanna, you know. Just can't be bothered. So lazy. Okay. All right. Billy gets up, saying that he's happy that Joe could make it, and then he walks over to his not so walls and asks Joe if he wants to race. 
Billy names the place and Joe names the time. And we see Billy and he's got a bandage over his nose. And he says, okay, this trip outside of town. He walks through the super crappy trailer and Joe tells him that it'll be tomorrow night at midnight and asks where his daughter is. Billy's all, oh, your daughter? Well, Joe, let me tell you something about your daughter. She was starting to get a real bad attitude. But it doesn't matter. Nothing a few chains couldn't handle. At this point, he's walked outside and is next to his car, and he opens up the trunk, and we see Carrie is there, chained up and gagged in the trunk. That's quite an escalation. Yes, it is, right? Billy makes a joke that this is perfect and just like a spare tire, and Joe goes into action mode, but Billy stops him and points a gun at his chest, saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now let's not lose our cool ice, man. Didn't do any of us any good. I have in my notes here, then Billy gets all sassy, but he doesn't really get sassy. He's just like, I don't want to treat you like this, but like, you gotta leave me no choice here. What do you think? I'm going to just hand her over? Joe asks what he's saying, and Billy tells him that Carrie is the stakes for their race. You win, you get her back. Joe asks, uh, okay, so what happens if I lose? Billy's all, well, I'll just have to kill her. And Joe, I wouldn't go to any of your cop buddies, you know, because I'm not only smart, I'm crazy. And then he slams the truck closed. He's not very smart either. No, he's not. He's he's kind of stupid. <laughs> he just drives past people and sticks his tongue out. Brandon, that's what you got to do when you're plan. king of the road, okay? You wouldn't understand. I've never been king of the road, so yeah, I wouldn't know. We snap over to a junkyard, and we see Joe mosey his way through all sorts of trashed cars and stuff until he stops at a dude in a car twanging a guitar. Joe calls out, hey, old buddy. And the guy, his name's Jack, pulls off his sunglasses saying, Holy Moses, I don't believe it. Joe, is it really you? Joe tells them, yup, sure is me. And this Jack guy gets up to give him a big old hug. And they spin around and it's really sweet. And Jack says, man, one day I, I said you'd come riding out of oblivion just like Shane. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. And oh man, that road is going to burn. With that happy reunion finished, Joe gets kind of sad saying, look, I gotta know, is she still there? I don't know why this was added into the episode. I think it's to extend the length. <laughs> I don't know. What? This whole junkyard scene? Yeah. Seems kind of pointless to me. Eh, I like it. It's like, he doesn't want to do this drag race. He's left this whole world behind, but he's got this car here that he always knew was here or hoped it was here. Mm-hmm. Just in case he ever needed it. And he comes back and it's like, it's emotional for him. He's like, oh man, it's all coming back to me. The old life. Yeah. The killer life. I think that Joe may be one of the most emotionless characters in this like series, though. <laughs> like, which is, I mean, it fits with this episode really well. He's very cool and, you know. Yeah. He's like, hey, I have your daughter and I'm going to kill her. And he's like, hmm. Billy. <laughs> uh, Billy, we need to have a chit-chat about this one. Billy, this is irresponsible behavior. <laughs> we cut over to Jack opening up a big garage door, and we look and we see that there's this car-shaped object under a sheet, and I'm like, what is that, you know? Joe looks at that for a moment before they unveil it as a car. <laughs> oh, damn. Did, I didn't even know, right? Jack says that he's been polishing it up every six months like clockwork, just in case Joe came back. Joe smiles at that and opens up the door with a creak, so apparently he didn't use any WD-40 on it. He hops inside and Jack smiles at him. He turns the engine and Jack says that he's been keeping it tuned up too. Joe gives Jack a thumbs up and then we cut over to Billy, who's getting a tattoo that reads Garrett. 
We look up his arm at all his other tattoos, which are Stocko, Bernie Rebel, Mick the Dagger, Vito, Lefty Max, Bird Dog, Petty A, Billy D, Jake S, and finally, Big Den. He just gets all these guys' names tattooed on him. Yeah, he's got a lot of men's names on his arm. Billy takes a look at all that ink and he says, next in line. And then he smokes his little cigarette. And we get this close-up of his mouth where the smoke is billowing out of it. An engine roaring sound happens. <laughs> I don't know what he did. What is this choice? <laughs> he flicks his tongue and we cut over to Joe, who's driving his old whip out of there and flying down the road. It's very fast. Yeah, he's going like 60 miles an hour, Brandon. Oh, my God. Oh, it's not 80 miles an hour, but yeah, it's still it's still uh, a speed. It's cooking, Brandon. <laughs> we fade to that night, I guess, around midnight, perhaps, and Joe stops on the road. He dramatically gets out of his car and takes a few more steps to the front of his car, and we see Billy show up in his car, and he's got Carrie in the front seat. He smooches her head, and we see that he's still got that gun out. Billy rolls his way down over to Joe and stops his car next to him. Billy opens up his door and pulls Carrie out, saying, Joe, you old dog, you. I knew you had this puppy stored away somewhere. Joe calmly asks Billy if he's ready, and Billy is. He smacks his gum, because he's got gum in his mouth right now, and he points this gun mm-hmm. under Carrie's chin Always and smacking. Smacking everything, except for, like, people. He hasn't smacked anybody. No, he's very respectful in that sense. <laughs> He'll kidnap you. He'll point a gun at you, but he's not going to smack you. No, just gum. He releases Carrie, who hugs her dad. Billy rotates the gun and hands it to Joe, but Joe tells him to give it to Carrie. There's some tension here until Billy, like, finally hands the gun over to Carrie. She takes that, and she immediately points it at Billy, as you would do, and she cocks it. Of course. See, I was very confused by this whole scene because I thought the deal was like, you race me first, then I'll give you back your daughter. But he's like, all right, here you are. Here's your daughter. Here's my gun. Yeah, I don't. Here's I don't here's know. like all the leverage I had over you. Now let's do this thing <laughs> you don't want to do. <laughs> I think Billy is like aiming that Joe is, uh, you know, reputable, has the sense of honor kind of thing. I don't know. You wouldn't understand, Brandon, because you're not one of the kings of the road. Okay. I know. I'm a nothing of the road. <laughs> Carrie looks to be about to shoot Billy, but Joe tells her no. She needs to get in front of the cars, and when they flash their brights, she can raise the gun and fire once in the air. Carrie can't believe what she's hearing and asks her dad if he's crazy. Joe tells her to just fucking do it. So she looks up at him and then at Billy and steps aside. We get a little stare down for a minute or so, and then they kind of move into action. Billy goes into his car, but Joe says, you know, Billy, you win, you go free. Billy's all, uh, and if I lose, and Joe tells him that he's going to kill Billy. Billy calls out, you know, I respect you, Joe, and gets on inside his car. We see Billy set that little skull toy on his dashboard, and then he cranks up the tunes on his radio, and he spits out his gum, and he lights up a cigarette. He loves that little Halloween decoration skull. He loves it, Brandon. He smooches it and everything. It's great. I hate the song that plays while he's racing. It's the same song he played in the first one, and I can't recall exactly what it is now, but it's like, Oh, I'm racing on the highway. <laughs> Very fitting, Brandon. That was a great song. It is, but I hate it. <laughs> Finally, the two flash their brights, so Carrie raises up the gun and fires it into the sky. And with that, they're off. And now it's a drag race, which, to my incredibly, mm-hmm. like, ignorant 
brain. Like, I just don't get the appeal of it. You just have two people in a car, and it's like, okay, I put my foot on the gas pedal all the way down, and I put my foot on the gas pedal all the way down. What's the sport here? How do you be better than someone else at drag racing? Uh, I think it depends on the car, because some of them go from 0 to 60 a little faster than others. So is it just entirely the car, and it like doesn't really matter the driver at all? Is it like a like a downhill uh, <laughs> soapbox box car yeah. derby thing, where it's like... You know, you're just trying to decrease drag and I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, You're fine, Brandon. So I think, I mean, I guess the driver would have some impact on it. You know, if you have like a, you know, a big chunker, <laughs> like if somebody is like incredibly overweight, then I guess their car would be kind of slower based on that. But also, you know, the driver has to handle the car as it's going really fast. Okay, so it's like a jockey on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> has to stay on top and whip it, make sure it goes the right direction a little bit. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's okay. like 99% the car. Because um, don't people like race for pink slips or something where if you lose the drag race, you have to give the other person your car for some fucking reason? I think so. That's a thing that I've played in a video I've game. I've seen right? American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, okay. Carrie, she, like, runs after them as they start their drag race, and we see Joe and Billy, like, shifting gears and racing down the lane. But out of nowhere, Joe slams on his brakes, and Billy screams and rams his car into a bulldozer. (laughs) It's very sudden. It's very sudden, but it's, like, funny. (laughs) Because, like, how? But also... (laughs) As he's running into it, he goes, no, and he keeps going no after he hits the bulldozer. (laughs) Like, they don't cut the no when he hits it. It keeps going. Yeah. It's, uh, it was very, like, this episode entirely builds up to this drag race that you know is going to happen, and it lasts for, like, five fucking seconds because Billy rams himself into a bulldozer. Wouldn't he see that bulldozer ahead of him? Maybe he was, like, too you fixated on think, Joe. But. You would think the the king of the road <laughs> would be a little bit okay with dodging massive yellow bright obstacles, but I don't know. His car smashes to shit, and Joe calmly gets out of his car. He walks up to Billy... And Billy's, like, still in the driver's seat, and he's all bloody and gross and stuff, but he's alive. He says, Looks like you win, Iceman. And then he chuckles. And then Billy says, Wrong. And he lights his Zippo lighter that he has in his hand that's been dangling out of the window. And he drops that lighter to the ground, and it catches on the car's, like, leaking gasoline or juices, whatever. And Joe sees that, and he runs for it. And Billy and the car fucking explode. Mm-hmm. Carrie runs up next to her dad and the two watch Billy's like car inferno and then they walk away and that, that phases out of the episode. Yep. A very happy ending. Sure. Yeah. Billy's dead. Um, I kind of wish they would have went with like the ghost angle a little bit, Brandon. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have minded the ghost angle. I also wouldn't have minded just there at the end when he was like wrong if Joe did blow up with Billy. Yeah, like thematically, that would make sense for the story. Like he saved his daughter, so he still did something good, but he still has to pay for his crimes of the past. Joe's too cool to explode, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, uh oh, this thing's going to explode. And then he just kind of like walks away from it. (laughs) Yeah, he gets a very happy ending, even though he has, I mean, according to the 
all the newspapers and stuff. He killed somebody, and now he's a police officer, which is never a good look. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He gets he gets a happy ending, and uh, old Brad Pitt there gets to fucking explode in, <laughs> in a car explosion. He gets to. <laughs> Yay. Back with Crypty. He's got a globe that's rotating, and we pan over to see that he's reading Hamlet. And he says, well, that certainly brings meaning to the term burn rubber. And he drops his book a little, and we see that he's in some old-timey clothes for some reason. And he giggles, saying, as for me, I've got to get back to work. The group has decided to do something classical. We're trying to choose between a Midsummer Night's Scream and Ghoulius Caesar. And he laughs. He asks if we'd like to watch him from hack stage. You know what they say, kiddies. The slay's the thing. And that sets him to a fit of giggles, and he laughs us out of the episode. And I'm like, Crypty, what the fuck? I, what? Where is this even coming from? Is this, like, whole story based on a play that I don't know anything about? I don't get it. I don't really understand the whole acting angle that they went with for these bookends. Makes no sense to me. I don't know. It should have been him driving. Yeah, he should have driving, had a car. Driving little, driving little cars in his crypt. We've already seen him have a motorcycle down there. Why not have a car, too? I don't get it. It would have been fine. I would have been like, what the hell, Crypty? How'd you get that car down there? But, like, it would have been more thematic for the episode. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't fine. Know what they're doing. You know what, Brandon? Did you learn anything from King of the Road? I learned that if you're, like, a wanted criminal, you can just, like, stop. Mm-hmm. You can just, like, stop being wanted and just be a cop instead. That's... That's what I learned, yeah. If you do anything bad, just quit it for a minute and then go to cop school and you'll be fine. You're a changed man. I learned that there are, like, still places that'll, like, have people bring food to your window in, like, 1992. Well, you know what, though, Brandon? There is a restaurant called Sonic. You probably don't have that in Australia. But you did used to live. You used to live near one because I would go there when I would visit you. And uh, they do bring the food out to you. In the, in the car still mm-hmm. wow they have really really good slushies i love sonic i learned brandon if you order some food and then you drive away that food is free for somebody else well that works for me life hack you know free food <laughs> just get a friend have them order and then leave them. like have that friend leave you get their free food every time King of the Road, though, Brandon, ha, huh. it is, I mean, it's it's a good name, right? I mean, it very encapsulates the story. It's all about driving. It, let me whisper this beginning, though. Could have been called Shoda. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that would be a good name. Um, How about the Brad Pitt show? I'd love that. I love Brad Pitt. I can't wait to meet him, this Brad Pitt fella, you know? Speaking of which, do you want to meet this cast? Sure. Who are these nobodies? All right. Well, let's start with our main character, not Brad Pitt. Joe Garrett, played by Raymond Barry. The famous Raymond Barry. Yeah. He was born in the 30s, and he's still alive. He's still kicking. Yeah. His first acting credit was in 1977 with Between the Lines. He was also in such hits as Slow Burn, Three for the Road, Cop. Just called Cop. I, 1988's Cop. <laughs> Did he play cop? Uh, Kind of. He played Captain Fred Gaffney. That's probably a cop. Seems like he was in a lot of things that had to oh. do with police. Hey, Brandon. Yes? This episode is actually another part of the Two-Fisted Tales, just like Showdown was. Yeah. I didn't know that until I just saw it now. So we've seen all of the Two-Fisted Tales now. Yeah, we've seen that whole movie, I guess. Yeah. 
He was in Melrose Place back in 1994. He was in Flubber, Brandon. You love Flubber, I assume. Whoa. He played Chester Honecker? He sure did. Um, more recently, he was in Alias in 2004, as if that was recent. He was in Flight of the Living Dead. I've never seen it. Probably never will. <laughs> no, it's probably bad. Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. I remember when that was in theaters. That's yeah, a good movie. I've never seen that one. He was in CSI Crime Scene Investigations, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, New Girl. Gosh, so many things. Like, very... He was in a lot of things in 2021. Freebird, Made in Chinatown, Hustle Down. Most recently, he was in 2022's The Phantoms. So, yeah. He's... He's, he's still doing Pretty much it. still out there getting, getting stuff done. Yeah, he's getting paid. Next up, Brandon, let's talk about this Brad Pitt fella. I don't know anything about him. Bradley Pitt. Let's see if he was in anything after this. Probably not. Brad Pitt got his start in 1987 with Hunk, where he played Boy at the Beach in an uncredited role. That makes sense. He was in four episodes of Dallas, one episode of 21 Jump Street from 1988. He was in Growing Pains. I didn't know that. 30-something. Too Young to Die. Thelma and Louise. All right, so he wasn't a megastar at this point, but looking at this, he actually had uh, quite a bit of credits before this episode of Tales from the Crypt. What was it that like really got him, you know, famous though? Was it was he an Interview with a Vampire? Was that what it was? I mean, Interview with the Vampire and Legends of the Fall were both 1994, and then he had Seven and Twelve Monkeys the next oh, year. Okay, so like mid 90s, he was just. Did you mean seven seven uh, seven? Oh, seven and yes. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure what you were talking about. He was in 1989 in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, so maybe we'll see him again sometime. Oh, he was in Cool World the same year as this Tales from the Crypt. Oh, I it... loved that movie when I was a kid, but uh, isn't that a really weird, like animated it. movie that blend like kind of like Who, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, except uh people hate it yeah i was gonna say isn't it universally like hated yeah but i loved it when i was a kid yeah you you know that's really on brand for you brandon <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie um he was in sinbad legend of the seven seas and king of the hill i didn't know he was in megamind he was the voice of metro man yeah that's cool he was in happy feet too brandon <laughs> he was in world war z we talked about that uh like last episode or something like that most recently, we'll just go to most recently here. He was in Babylon in 2022. All right. So he's still working, this guy. Have you seen Deadpool 2? Yes. I haven't seen that one yet, but he's in it. He's in it for like one second. That, that makes sense because his character's name is Vanisher. So, yeah, that's that makes sense. All right. Let's talk about the next character here. We got Carrie, played by Michelle Bronson. She has not been in very many things. Okay. She doesn't have an IMDb picture. Yeah. First thing she was in, 1991, she was in Sons and Daughter. Then she was in Tales from the Crypt. She was in Naked Jane in 95. Blossom Time in 96. That sounds like a good time. And then in 97, her last credited role was 976 Wish. Yep. Then she called it quits. She was like, done and done. I've already smooched Brad Pitt. I think I won. She was out. Going out on top. Yep. Last character we're going to talk about, Brandon, Jack Keller played the mechanic Jack. The guy in the junkyard, twanging on the guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, I should say the late Jack Keller. He passed away in 2022. So rest in peace, Mr. Jack here. He started things off in 1983 with Strange Invaders. And then he was in Year of the Dragon. 
He was also in Cagney and Lacey with um with Brad Pitt there. With hold on. Cagney and Lacey. Didn't Oh wait, what was I he said was Thelma in Thelma and Louise. Louise. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I feel like I'm justified here, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll give you that one. <laughs> he was in Ferris Bueller. It's just called Ferris Bueller. Isn't it called Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, it's the TV series. They made a TV series about Ferris Bueller? Yep. Okay. Well, he was in one episode of it. Oh, the same year he was in an episode of Cop Rock. Cortland, have you ever heard of Cop Rock? No, I haven't. Should I? <laughs> they made a TV police musical. When? In 1990. Ooh. It did not last long. No. That seems like a really stupid idea. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to look here and see if I recognize anything. He was in something called Platypus Man back in 1995. That sounds cool. Oh, he was in Waterworld, Brandon. Remember Waterworld? What a good movie that was. Yes, universally loved. Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, right. He was he was in The Big Lebowski, which is actually universally okay. loved. <laughs> yeah. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And then he was in Dudley Do-Right, which has a 3.9 on IMDb. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. More recently, he was in Lethal Weapon, the TV series from 2016, The Magicians, Love, Victor, and his last credited role was called Father Stew from 2022. There he is. Rest in peace, Jack Keller. He was in a lot of things. He was. But that's our cast for King of the Road, Brandon, and I think I might be done with this episode. Do you want to find out what's next week? Yeah. All right. Let's see. What kind of star power do we got for next week? All right. Well, next episode, season four, episode 10, is called Maniac at Large. Oh, my. Okay. The description here on IMDb reads, a mousy librarian overreacts reports of a serial killer. All right. A little bit of a boy who cried wolf situation. I'm thinking so. She's going to be like, oh, my God, a book fell. There's a serial killer. Looking at the cast here, Brandon, let's see if we recognize anybody. Do you know who Blythe Danner is? I know the name. I can't Okay. Can't picture who it is. How about Clarence William the Third? Nope. Adam Ant. Nope. Hmm. Okay. How about Salome Jens? Nope. Alright, cool. It's gonna be a great episode. Alright. I'm excited. Yeah, that's next week though, Brandon. So you need to like Cool your jets a little. All right. I'm a little too excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going from Brad Pitt stepping it up to Blythe Danner. Like, <laughs> how high can we go here? I don't know. We'll keep season four of Tales from the Crypt just keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brandon. That's next week, though. Uh, for now, you know what? I've been up all night. I think I'm going to go back to sleep. It's very cold out, so I'm going to go back to bed. But, uh, Yeah, I'll talk with you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm crazy.